0: all right so here we are on part three again i just welcome everybody thank you for being here um you know we kind of mentioned i started creating a slide uh so i'll just kind of place this challenge to you if your chair next to you in front of you behind you is empty we need your help pastor can't do everything i guarantee you the pastor invites a lot of people if everybody came that i invited we'd be full and i invite every week so, so, uh, and if you're a guest, well, come back and visit us. Uh, you know, I know you, you you may be a part of another church, and thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's been great knowing uh, the this couple here for this year. Been going to Marriage Club. We've known Justin and Andrea for a little while. I've known him for a couple years already, uh, but it's always good to to. Uh, to network and, and to create that relationship with people it's such a beautiful thing uh, but what I don't want to do here is I, is I don't want to keep rambling on because what I want to do is what the most important thing is because you know when 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 Peter heard the word as we spoke about it at the beginning when Peter heard the word he caught the revelation and what did it do it caused him to bow before the Lord and to surrender his life so, so that's the gist of what we want to do here today is that we hear the word we catch a revelation and then we move into the deeper we move into the more that everything that God's called us to be you know so we're talking about uh you know as I was in here just kind of catch everybody up a little bit uh, turning this in from a blank canvas into what the Lord has created here Uh, and it's so beautiful to me to watch it go from nothing to something and God wants to do the very same thing in our life, but we got to realize that we are nothing and we got to become that blank canvas. We've got to become submitted to what he wants to do in and through us because we can't reach lives for his kingdom until he's reached us for his kingdom. You've got to get a hold of that when he reaches us, then we'll be able to reach others that God. Through, uh, God took me through a process uh, that I thought or seemed to be ugly, but the reality is, is, look where God has placed me. It's not that it's put me in anywhere significant, but he's put me in a place to affect lives for his kingdom. And you're not just here just to be warming up a sea. You're here to reach kingdom, the, reach people for the kingdom of God as well. So, So we started out and we talked about how David had placed a challenge for David that he had to live a holy life. Come on, Pastor. Are we in a holiness church? No. We serve a holy God. And what does this Bible say? Does it not say holy Bible? So, so can we ever misconstrue? Can we ever uh, uh, misunderstand that we serve a holy God? And holy just really means to be set apart. And that's what God has called us to be, is to be set apart because David had placed a challenge for Solomon to build something extraordinary. What was the extraordinary that he had to build? He had to build the temple for the presence of God to dwell. So what God wants to do in us is he wants to build a place in which that his presence can dwell also. So, so, so we kind of talked about that. And then, then, then what David did next was he went over the plans. The plans that God had literally himself, as you read it in scripture, David said that God wrote these plans himself. God designed his own house. Amen. Man, I like that. How many of us have ever built our own house? Uh, you know, we we are we kind of did, and we got to change some things about our house, and we were able to make it our own. But how many of us have renovated our home? How many of us have renovated our Airbnbs or our our, our hotels? Uh, hotels, Lord, I hope we don't live in no hotels. But 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 our our apartments and we've renovated them and we've changed things around and so what do we do is we change the design of them we want them to look like what we want them to look and god has that same capability to change us into what he's called us to be we read you know that david says psalms 139 he said before i had lived one day what does that mean before i was born before i was born he said god you wrote a book about my life God wrote a book about our life. You know, Michael Jordan's not the only one that had a book book wrote about his life. You know, John F. Kennedy wasn't the only one that had a book wrote about his life. And I don't really know any famous people, but I know the most famous person because when you mention the name of Jesus Christ, everybody knows who he is. uh, They they have no question about that. Whether they may view him as something different other than what the scripture says, everybody knows who Jesus is. So in that reality is God has a plan for our life. And he said before, I had lived one day, you wrote every day of my life in your book. Amen. And you know, you know what's so fascinating about that? Let me show you what's so fascinating about that as well, as we're still recapping, is that on the day of judgment, do we not recall, and it said that the books will be open. Is that an S on the end? Books, plural? But yet David had the revelation that, God, you wrote a book about my life. So so, so the question is, and we asked ourselves the question last week, and hopefully you've been reminded of it all throughout the week, is does your plan look like God's plan? Does, does the the story that you're reading about your life, does it look like what God has wrote about your life? So we have to, within that question or that rhetorical question, you, you've got to be placed in that position of... Okay, well, if my plan doesn't look like God's plan, then what am I doing? What am I doing to make sure that it does look like God's plan? So we've kind of talked about that. I don't know why I do it every time. (laughs) I forgot to start my timer, and I'm going to try to be a little lean on that. But God's given me such an amazing message for today. So here we are on part three called building the temple because, because now... You know that now that, that Solomon knew how he was supposed to live, and now David had gave him hey, here's the plan, the next thing David began to go over was this. That's usually the part that we don't like. You know, it was you know when when, when we turn this into what it is, man, that was a great thing. I wrote it down. He said, Write the plan the plan and make it plain. And I wrote it down and I made it plain, I made it legible for me to do, but when I began to go over the cost. <laughs> My first thought was this, is, Lord, you've placed me to be steward over your finances here. So I've got to be the steward that you've called me to be. If we need it, we don't need it. If we don't, we don't. So this week, yesterday, me and the wife began to run errands uh, while I was here at the church and was working. So I had bags of stuff that we were going to return back to get money back into the church account because those were things that I bought that we no longer needed and they were never used. So And with that, we kind of bought a few Christmas things so it kind of (laughs) evened itself out. Uh, You know, when I leave my wife in charge of the decorating, I think she's like, when are you going to get me a church card? No, she didn't say that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. But... um. But with that being said, you know, Jesus spoke about this on so many occasions. And 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 truthfully and honestly, I could have made this a two-part to this series. The, the two-part to this part. This could be the cost 101, and next week could be the cost 102. Uh, and so many people might be hearing a Thanksgiving message this morning at, at their church, and that's totally fine. But God didn't move upon me to, to do in such a way. If you want to hear a Thanksgiving message, we'll come back next week because then we're going to move into the Thanksgiving that David gave. So we'll have our Thanksgiving message next week. Not that I planned it that way, but God has a plan and he knows how to orchestrate things. So what I want to do is is I want to move into our scripture. If you don't have your Bibles, that's fine, because Pastor James will always have it available for you up here on this screen that God has blessed us with. First Chronicles chapter twenty nine, beginning with verse one. Excuse me for just a second. So what we see here is the very first word of this sentence, the very first word of this chapter is what? Then. I, I'm in the process of writing a book and, and working on stuff like that, but I have never started a chapter that says then. I've never started uh, a, a, another part of that and it said Then. Because usually I put the comma and then I put then. But the reality here is that it says then. So after, after the plan has been given, now David's going to place the emphasis that it's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. So when it's going to cost us something to, to walk in the plan that God has designed for our life. Let, let us read. Then King David turned to the entire assembly. Did he say some? He said the entire excuse me, the entirety. So we're not just speaking to people here, we're speaking to people online, people on YouTube, people that are listening to us via podcast. We're listening to you and I'm making this same declaration to you here today. Excuse me. And he said, my son Solomon, whom God has clearly chosen as the next king of Israel, is still young and inexperienced. The work ahead of him is enormous. Can somebody say enormous? The God has for you it's enormous but we got to remember that God's called us to extraordinary not ordinary because ordinary is what it's common it's the same thing every single day, and God's called us to so much more than that. The, even the temple that God desired to dwell in was enormous. He knew that it was going to take something. He knew that it was going to cause something. Uh, let me get here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to preach before we finish reading. So the work ahead of him is enormous, for the temple he will build is not for mere mortals. It is the Lord God himself. I want us to keep this fast in our mind that we are talking about a temple, but I want to make sure that we're not just hearing this as a temple. We're not talking about some historic event. We're talking about what God wants to build in us and what God wants to build here. Verse number two. I said a lot before I even got the first verse out. He said, "Using, Using every resource at my command, I have gathered as much as I could for the building, the temple of my God. Now there is enough. Somebody says there is enough. (laughs) God's already provided everything that we need to build what he's called us to do. He's already provided it all. How, How did he do that? When he gave himself for us so willingly that he gave himself and that's when it became enough all we had to do was what Peter did was just be obedient and push out and cast our nets using every resource at my command I've gathered as much as I could for building the temple of my God now there is enough gold silver bronze iron and wood as well as great qualities of onyx other precious stones costly jewels and all kinds of fine stones and marble verse number three and now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I am giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition. Listen to this. This is in addition to the building material. This is, this is me giving all To what God has already provided. Are y'all following me already? Come on we're preaching real good this morning. This is in addition to the building materials I have already collected in the Holy Temple. I am donating more than 112 tons of gold. 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the building. And for other gold and silver works to be done by the craftsmen. Now then... Who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord? Then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribe of Israel, the generals and the captains of the army and the king's administrative office all gave what? Willingly. We're reading the same thing, right? Willingly. It didn't say grudgingly. Or, you know, I could really be spending this money somewhere else. How about my survival? It, see, because the just of this was to make sure that the temple had not just had what it needed because it already had it, but what David placed a challenge out there is, what more are you going to give? What more are you going to give besides what's already been given? Isn't it, We've already received enough, but there's more. There's more that can be given to God's kingdom. Verse number 7, for the construction of the temple, they gave, now now, now, this is what the leaders and the audiences gave, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They, all, they didn't stop there. They also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasure of the house of the Lord under the care of Jeriel, a descendant of Gishoron. the The people rejoiced over the offerings, now, these are offerings now, for they had given freely and what? And wholeheartedly to the Lord And King David was filled with joy See now like just all of a sudden I-, I wouldn't even have to preach no more Because the word of God has already said what it needs to say here today But because I was sitting in the Toyota dealership on Friday And I sat there for about five and a half, six hours Getting some recall work done on my car And that's fine because I kind of uh, uh, That was the plan of the Lord Was I sat right there And that was my time to write this sermon this Sunday and as I spent time in prayer, because, you know, the guy came to me and he was like, Mr. Bell, it's just going to take a little bit longer. I said, buddy, I said, I'm, a, I'm a probably going to tell you this. I'm probably a little bit different than all the other customers that you're used to dealing with. I said, because I've got patience on this matter. And I said, and besides, I'm doing the Lord's work. I am being about my father's business. Hallelujah. So I'm going to touch on my notes here for, for just a moment, and then we're going to move on. So as we brought light to the matter of, quote, unquote, how Solomon was to live in accordance to building the temple and the plans being presented to him for all that God desired for his presence to dwell, now we will highlight the emphasis of the material and the cost of the building. As we have carefully read that everything needed for the temple was now supplied, but David went a step further and contributed all of his riches for the building of the extraordinary. You you, you know, and and, and my mind goes back to that during this process, you know, my last series was called The Process. uh, And so many things that the Lord continued to highlight on that for me. But as I as I get into this and we're we're talking about the plan and the plan of God just really stood out again to me this week as it did last week. And just thinking about the whole process, you know, and I kind of talked about how God, how God segregated me. He separated me from because if you know me, man, I love people and I'm a people person. You would never believe that I used to be an introvert. I used to be a really shy person. I was very timid, and I would become intimidated, but God's done something in me. And that part about me, I was used to even be nervous when I preached. And see, and the reality is, is why I'm not nervous when I stand up before now is because I know that it's not my ability. I know that it's not my words that I speak. I speak the oracles of Jesus Christ. I speak his word, and his word alone will do what? It will speak everything that needs to be spoken. Because he said that my word is a what? It's a sure word of what? A sure word of prophecy. If we speak God's word of our life, it's like we are prophesying it to ourselves. I I had a young man. I ain't going to say who he is. But (laughs) thank you, Brother Justin, for making that known for everybody. (laughs) But the reality is, and I'm not pointing a finger at him, but here my daddy received a revelation uh, some while, I don't don't even know when, but he's, he's planted it in me as well. He said, son, he said, when we speak God's word by faith, listen to this, when we speak God's word by faith, It's just as though God is speaking to himself. Y'all hearing that? Because when I heard that, that just, that really hit me. Lord, it's your word. Your word is a sure word of prophecy. When I speak your word by faith, it is you yourself speaking it as well. How often are we speaking God's word of our situation to, to make that situation line up with God's word, that God is not, God's not going to deviate and He's not going to line up with our situations. We have to make our situations become submissive to God's word. See because Jesus said, what did he say? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? There's freedom. So where the spirit is Lord, where the spirit is Lord, there's freedom and our situations have no choice but to align it with God's word it's when our body's not functioning the way it does you know me and my wife we begin to pray over each other and we begin to speak these very same things Lord you created my body to function this way and I speak to my body and you're going to function and you're going to align it with the word of God because heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall stand forever forever Did we not read also last week, what was it, Psalms 138? He said that you esteem your word above your name. The emphasis of your word is greater than what your name is. But yet we walk around and we say, oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. But what does Jesus say? Because Jesus is what? He is the expression of God. John 101, it says what? In the beginning was what? Was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. And then it said, in verse 14, it said, And the Word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. Does His Word become flesh in our life? Does our flesh line up with what His Word has to say? That wasn't even in my notes. That was a free one. So I would like like to find this type of example. Uh, Found in the story of Elijah, First Kings chapter seventeen—not the story I just said, but the story in which that we were just talking about. Because what we were talking about was the was the given the everything that you have, the given of the more, the given of the more. First Kings chapter seventeen. Here we are talking about the prophet Elijah, not Elijah, Elijah, Elijah became before Elijah, and it reads here in verse number eight. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. If if nobody knows where this is, this was in Canaan. This was just south, just south of the kingdom where Jezebel was dwelling at the time. Y'all know that that Jezebel was not his arch enemy, but it was the enemy of God himself. So, 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 So he fled from the place in which he dwelled and he went to enemy territory so where he went to was he went to someone that was not even a believer someone that was not a jew somebody that was not a chosen one so and he continues here he said i have instructed a widow there to feed you so he went to zarephath and he arrived at the gates of the village he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her would you please bring me a little water and a cup As she was going to get it, he called her, Hey, bring me a bite of bread too. Don't just give me something to drink, but now get me something to eat as well. Verse 12. But she said, I swear by the Lord, your God. See, she didn't even say my God. She said your God. See, now this is telling us that he was in enemy territory. I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil at the bottom of the jug. I have just gathered a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. Verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid, go ahead and do what you've said, but make a little bread for me. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her family continued to eat. For many days, there was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. You, what did Elijah represent here? The word of God. He represented the word of God because he did. He was prophetic, and and, and he spoke the word of God. So so when he spoke it was just as though God himself has spoke because God has sent him and, and and sent him to do this very same thing. So so, so God has sent you into seasons in your life. God has sent you to begin to walk through the plan that he's called you to and so often times it's like Lord I don't have enough to do this. Lord I can't pay my tithe this week. Lord I can't even put gas in my car. Lord I can't even put grocery on my table but God says this if you will look out for me first if you will look out for me first if you will neglect yourself there's always going to be enough there's always going to be enough you see but we got to realize that God was saying hey you look out for me first because what did Elijah say hey hey make me one first make me one first so the the making me one first meant that she wasn't going to have anything means that there there wasn't going to be enough left for her and her Sunday she wasn't even going to have her last meal before she died and I don't know about you but I could probably go a couple meals before I die (laughs) that's a true story and that's okay it's okay I try to be a bigger guy so my wife can love me more, you know? I mean, amen on that, you know? No. <laughs> my wife don't want no little skinny guy, Vince. I ain't talking about you, brother. You are you're a handsome young fella. She's very blessed to have you. But all of us can't have meat on us like this. <laughs> So you may not understand where or how God provides the abundance. How many times have we've done something that the Lord's told us to, and I'm just going to be transparent on this, and I didn't have the money to do it, but you know what happened within a week or two? Mysteriously, a check just shows up in my in my, in my mailbox. I went and got a colonoscopy done a couple months ago. I ain't trying to be drogative or anything. And, but long story short, I got a check in the mail for going to go do one. And I'm like, man, I don't know where this came from. I don't even know the company that it came from. But what happened was God provided the more. He gave the more. And I ain't saying because I went and was trying to take care of my health or anything of that nature. But but I'm just saying uh, me and my wife are faithful tithers. Not only are we faithful tithers, but we are faithful in giving offerings as well. Because the Lord has told me, he said, if you're not going to give, if you don't tithe, and if you don't give offering, you can't expect me to lay it on people's hearts to do it here as well. So when you do what I've told you to do, I'm going to supply the more. So when we may not understand where or how God provides the abundance. Here's my next slide. But watch this but obedience by faith is and will always produce the product of his word it always will you need to get this in your spirit this morning obedience to god's word will produce the faithfulness of his word it will every single time where do we turn to the book of malachi where did he did he not say try me do you not say try me and see that if I won't open the windows of heaven and do what and pour out a blessing in which that you can't contain you know ladies and gentlemen that, that in which that I can't contain is not always money in my wallet it's not always money in my account it's when, when I get bad news at the doctor's office and then I go back for the to look into the procedure again and then they look and they say hey there's nothing here these are the blessings of God that he wants to pour out on you then which that you're not able to to contend because the reality is is that money can't buy your health. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but you know what you can't take with you? Nothing. You can't take nothing with you when we pass. All you can do is leave it as an inheritance. So the really the question is, is what are you leaving for your kids as an inheritance? And I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about the wealth of God's word in your life. See, because that's the only thing that's going to stand forever. That's the only thing that's going to stand forever. So Elijah didn't ask her to understand what he was asking her. But simply, the fact is that he asked her to neglect her own needs and herself. This is exactly what the Word of God asks us to do. So the Word of God will cause us to be what? Uncomfortable. Amen. Amen. How many times have we, we've probably said it before or we've even heard it. Man, that pastor or that preacher, man, he sure did step on my toes. <laughs> but you you want a hashtag tough truth? If he hit your toes, he was aiming too low. He should have been aiming for your heart. Because if he's aiming for your heart, see, because when we go back to the word, the the Greek word for, for, for uh, repent is methania. And that means to have a change of heart that's manifested by the way that we live. Repentance is to have a change of heart that's manifested by the way that we live. Let's continue to look into some scripture to see the importance of giving all giving all. Follow me over to Mark chapter 12. Yes, pastor, you have so many, so much verses and so many scripture. What Do I have to explain it every single week? I want you to know that this is the written word of God. These are not my words themselves. If you pick up God's word every single day, Uh, You will be in the same boat to, to be able to hear the voice of God speak to you. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple. Yes, you heard that right. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow woman came and dropped in two small coins. Somebody say two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor woman has given more than all the others who were making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. You know... Uh, I've got one of my board members here, which is my dad. but but, you know the reality is is you know what Jesus just did. Jesus had a board meeting next to the collection box. He just called a meeting. Next to the collection box, Pastor, what are you saying? We're getting somewhere. Follow me here for just a few moments. And I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not talking about our collections that we're taking here today. I, I, what I'm wanting to do is I'm wanting you to understand the, the principle of what Jesus is saying here. So Jesus called him. He said, guys. He said, hey, guys, come over here. Let me show you this. This woman, she just put in two coins. In the New King James James Version, it says two mites. Two mites. You know what mites are? Mite would be an equivalent to about an eighth of a penny. And she she just put in a, a quarter of one cent is what she just put in. But you know what the reality of what she just did? Jesus said she gave everything that she had to live on. She didn't think nothing about herself. She didn't think about how she was going to eat next week. Maybe I need to put me a step right there. (laughs) As I get older, I might need one or lose some weight. But we done talked about that. My wife needs to love me a whole bunch. But she gave everything that she had. And all these other people, they came in. They put $1,000 in the offering play. They put $5,000 in the offering play. So I don't know about y'all, but I want God to send those people here as well. See, but the reality is, is what I want more than that is when we walk out of here is that we are in a position that we are going to give everything that we have for the kingdom of God. Everything that we have to live on. You know, my mind goes back and this is kind of, uh, I'm going to give you another free one and it's not me that's giving a free one. I'm, the Holy Spirit's giving you a free one here. You remember in Matthew chapter 26, 25 or 26, the the the, the, the parable of the the, the virgins. The parable of the ten virgins and, and, and the scripture says that five were wise and the other five were what? Foolish. It, we could equate that to stupid, ignorant. But there was five wise and there was five foolish and they were all given what? They were all given a lamp. Which means they what? They represented and carried the light. And it said, and as they sleep and they slumber, it says that that there was an announcement of the bridegroom was coming. So he did what? Hey, come on in. Come on in. And the five foolish ones, it said that their lamps ran out of oil. What do you mean they ran out of oil? So let me ask you a question. Excuse me. If you knew that a hurricane was coming through, would you just buy a flashlight? Or would you buy some batteries too? But why would you buy batteries? For the longevity of it? For the long haul? Are y'all following me on this? For the long haul. And seeing what happens was, was that they were fine with just having their lamps. But you know what? Eventually, they, they, ran out of, they ran out of the joy. They ran out of the peace. They ran out of all the things that was provided for them. But they didn't bring the more they didn't bring the more that was needed and it said so so the, the five the five foolish ones looked at the five wise ones and they said hey let me get some or your oil tough look we only got enough for ourselves. only got enough for myself because it takes everything that i've got to be All that I can be, everything that I can do, every fiber of my being is pursuing and pushing towards the plan and everything that God has called me to. And it said, while the five foolish were gone, it said that the bridegroom came. And you know what happens? They were left. But let's go back to the beginning. But they had a lampstand. They they had one. But it doesn't mean nothing to say that you're a Christian, but you don't live like one. This is just the word. This isn't an interpretation of thus says James Bell. This is the word of God. This was, Jesus was making this, this equivalent to what it's going to be like. And did you notice that it was like a half and half? half of of the people that say they are this are really aren't that because they're not really walking it out they're not living it I'm, I'm just speaking the scripture to you here this morning you don't have to shout me down so so as we move on we move on to Matthew chapter 26 see I am in 26 somewhere Matthew 26 verses 36 through 45 I want to show you something else here Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, which just means olive press. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And then he did what? He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep what? Keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, he said to James Bell, he, he said to Rex Bell. He said to uh, 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 any other person. So he said to them, he said, Lord, watch this. Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Verse 41. Next slide. Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation for the spirit is willing but the body is weak then Jesus left them a second time and prayed my father if your cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it your will be done verse 43 when he returned to them again he found them asleep for they couldn't keep their eyes open so he went to pray a third time saying the same thing again Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Then he came to the disciples and he said, go ahead and sleep. He said, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. You see, what Jesus was asking them to do was to do what? Again, what did Elijah ask the widow woman to do? neglect herself. How many times has the Lord said, Hey, we wake up at three o'clock in the morning and says, Hey, you need to pray? Oh Lord, I just thank you for <laughs> get up. Keep watch. See when God calls us, when what God has called us to is an inconvenience. He's called us to an inconvenience. And and we have this thing that, that we call a store, but it's called a what? A convenience store. I don't know if my mic's going in and out. But we ain't going to play this game today. We're just going to keep right on moving. And seeing God's called us to inconvenience. And we have this thing down the road. Turn me up a little bit on number two, baby. Just a little bit is we have this thing down the the road and it's called a convenience store. And it's a place of convenience. It's a place where you can stop and maybe pick you up some bread that you may need, that you may pick you up a gallon of milk. But it's convenient. And seeing what God has called us to, He's not called us to be convenient he's not called us to be convenient in our lifestyle he's not called us to building the temple and being convenient with just doing that God has called us to so much more how have you inconvenienced yourself in building the kingdom of God and it required a what a giving of all it means that you've got to neglect yourself. I, I, I know I know this may not be the preaching that you may want to hear this morning, but you know what you, 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 we heard an old saying or maybe I've even saw it on Facebook. I don't know forgive me if I don't, but the pastor will do what he won't tell you what you want to hear. He will tell you what you need to hear Amen. and maybe this is things that we've already heard before, but the, the fact of the matter is is that we need to be reminded. We need to be reminded again and again and again. How many times do we have to remind our kids, hey, I told you to clean up your room. I I told you I need your help. And and so we have to constantly be reminded. So as we look at the simplicity of what Jesus was asking was just simply to be awake and to be alert. To be alert and to be awake, it meant to be Vigilant. To, to be ready to be watching. You know, I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. If your kid was up at 3 o'clock in the morning and they were sick, I guarantee you wouldn't be falling back to sleep so quickly, would you? Why is that? Because you love them? You know, I think my dad told me a story last week of somebody that he heard, and don't quote me on this, and I may get it wrong, but, but there was this man there was this man that was just standing out and he had his grandson with him and then somebody that he didn't know came up and he took the, took the kid and he began to run off with him and then this, this elderly man took off running just as hard as he could just as hard as he could just as hard as he could and then, and then the man that took the kid stopped and he handed the child back to him and he looked at him and he said if you ran up for Jesus like that like you did for your child Where would you be for the kingdom of God? You see, because what happened is the man, it didn't matter his age. It didn't matter how tired he was. It didn't matter uh, the obstacles that was in his way. He was running because he was on a mission to do what? To rescue his son. Are we pursuing God in the same manner? with everything that we have are we giving all are we giving all We're 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 getting closer but we're not quite done so turn over with me to luke chapter 14 verses 26 through 33 here's you some hashtag tough truth here this morning that sounds a little better now that i've turned the other one off but verse twenty-six, he said, "Watch this." He said, "If you want to be my disciple, you what? I suggest, I suggest that you read your Bible. I I, I recommend you that you read your Bible. It, a, a must is the same thing as a commandment. So con- continue here." He said, "You must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father." your mother, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciples. If you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot what? Be my disciples. But don't begin until you what? Counted the cost. See, today's message isn't about me. It's not about what I want to preach here. It's just simply the Word. He said, but don't don't begin construction on something until you've counted the cost, until you've considered the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete Complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he couldn't, he would send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So, So you cannot become my disciples without what? given up everything you own everything that you possess everything that you've worked so hard for unless you're willing and follow the example of giving it up he said you cannot be what does cannot mean it's not possible it's not going to happen it's just like my wife cannot hold me down because she ain't strong enough. <laughs> She's a tough little Mexican woman though. I, I give you that. But the reality is, 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 is it's not going to happen. Because it's, it's not possible. So Jesus made this as simple as he could say it. You cannot and will not build the extraordinary for his presence to dwell with with and in if you cannot submit all things and everything to his lordship i'm gonna say that again jesus made this simple because he spoke this to his disciples and who were his disciples you see his disciples didn't choose him he chose his disciples see and we didn't choose god god chose us and he's called us all to be disciples here and so he makes this very simple for me and for you and for the person down the street and and the and 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 whoever else is in this world here here's listen jesus made it simple. you cannot and will not build the extraordinary for his presence to dwell within if you cannot submit all things and everything to his lordship It doesn't matter what translation or version of the Bible you read. It is still stated the same way. Let's go through these couple of versions that I put up here. TPT. The Passion Translation. reads like this. Likewise, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples. Let's go to the Message Translation. Listen to this. Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. Let's go on to the uh, English Standard Version. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he can't he all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let's go to the amplified version. So then any of you who do not forsaken. Which means to renounce, surrender, claim to, give up, say goodbye to all that he has cannot be my disciples. Let's go to the New King James Version. So there, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake and all that he has cannot be my disciple. So did I make this up or did these translations all just said the very same thing? And if you have a red-lighter Bible, what does the red letter Bible mean? That these were the words of Jesus Christ that was recorded. These were the words that Jesus Christ spoke. These were not, Thus says Pastor James. This was thus not, Thus say Benny Hinn. This is not, Thus say John Bevere. This is not, Thus say Jensen Franklin. This is not, Thus says Ron Bernard. It, this is what, Thus saith the Lord, is that if you cannot do these things, if you cannot surrender, you cannot be my disciple. That's what I call a hashtag tough truth. Because that's a hard pill to swallow. But you know what the reality is, is? We don't have to do this on our own. He's given us the empowerment to be able to do this. So I want to look a little bit closer at something. Because we may go through the motions of doing it. But now we want to do a heart check on this. We may see the motions taking place, but now we're gonna do a heart check on this. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter one verses nineteen through twenty. It'll be on the screen. Let's go ahead and roll with this for time's sake. He said, And if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you refuse and rebel you can you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. But he said, "You got to be what willing and obedient. You got to be willing and obedient." Lord, my tithe is two hundred dollars this week, and 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 I just I really need to pay my light bill. Uh, I I'm just you know, but Lord, I'm just I'm I'm going to do what your word says to pay my tithe, so I'm going to pay my tithe while all the while. You're worrying about your light bill. Or are they going to turn your lights off? You're worrying about a situation that God's already taking control of, that He's already in control of. So if we're if we don't do things willingly, if we grumble and complain, we tell our kids. We just a famous example. Hey, go clean your room. How many has ever willingly cleaned their room before, though? You would be that one, Sister Andrea. But don't we, we would usually grumble and complain about doing something that our parents may have told us to do. Because here's exactly what he said. Because he said, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If we are willing and obedient. So they both have to go hand in hand. You got to be willingly obedient. In your obedience to what God has called you to do. And what God has called you to do was never to convenient yourself, it was to inconvenient yourself. So our heart and our actions must be accommod- accompanied with willingness and obedience. One without the other is not the fulfillment of the promise. If you want to eat from God's table, then your hearts have to recognize this very important commandment, this commandment of the the blessings of survival and abundance is unlocked with our surrender of willingness and obedience. Again, listen to this, this commandment of the blessing of survival and obedience, uh, I'm sorry, uh, a blessing of survival and abundance is unlocked with a surrender of willingness to be obedient. So as David made the declaration, de- bleh, <laughs> help me out here, Lord. As David made this declaration in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 9, read with me here again. It said, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David Also, rejoice gladly. Give us a little music, baby.
1: he's already given us his all now the question for you is have he really you willingly gave your all have you gave the Lord that we look through the scripture and we may see this as, as a money wise, but I want us to, to be very careful and I want us to position our hearts in knowing that the cost of what it's going to be to build the everything. You see, because it's, it's going to require the more than just enough. You see, because what God's building here is extraordinary. That's where you're starting, then then that's where you start. But let me ask you a question on this. If we've been a Christian for more than a month, if we've been a Christian for more than two months or three months, how much have we inconvenienced ourselves into the deeper in the world that God has called for us? God's called us to that extraordinary. Everything. Because as we went in so many different translations and still said the same thing, that if we can't give up everything, then we cannot be his disciple. And the disciple is born who we only fathers. You see, sometimes we get stuck in our walk with God. And it was like, Lord, I know that there's so much more to you than this. But there's so much, more that I still don't understand. You see, but as we read through the Old Testament, it says that Jesus, it says that the Lord shares his secrets with whom? With those who fear him. said to be scared of to be afraid he said to those who fear oh, what do you mean pastor those that live really for you those that live really for you there's so much that God wants to give you there's so much that God wants to reveal to you the challenge here today is knowing the cost Have you counted the cost? Have you considered the cost of what it's going to cost you? Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today. for your love, your mercy, your kindness. Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing us God's heart this morning. Word that becomes so challenging to us and for us, but a world that points us very swiftly to the direction in which that we need to be headed. Lord, we we'll thank you this morning, Lord, that you loved us so much, that you gave us such a message. Paul spoke under the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that the Lord chastens those that he has. Lord, if You didn't love us, then You would not try to bring correction to us. But Lord, as we stand in Your correction this morning, we stand in awe of who You are. Lord, and we understand that You want to take us into so many other places. But Lord, we've got to understand the cost. We thank You, Lord, today for calling us to this. It's not our call, it's Your call. Help us, Lord, to stay reminded, Lord, that as we go throughout this week, and we go throughout the remainder of this month, that as we go into Thanksgiving understanding, Father, Lord. Amen. Help us to be what you call us to be. Listen up, Lord, to Lord Bring us back safely, Lord, next week. Lord, as you've already laid another word of my heart, Lord, to speak and to minister next week, Lord, and I pray that you will be glorified through the words that have been spoken here today. I bless your name, and we give you glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. As we dismiss, we'll open up the tithe for offering, and the offering that the Lord laid on your heart to give offer to give a tithe, then do so in knowing that, that we're, we aren't doing anything here other than what's already been preached today as glory of God's kingdom. We love you, we thank you, and we praise God for you in Jesus' name.